What did you say? Well, but a sick dread. What? Well, but a sick dread. <laughs> <laughs> Ramada sick. Ramada sick. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. This is another episode of Ramada sick. And as you already know, if you want to sponsor this episode or any other shows on our platform, feel free to slide in our DMs or email us at the Ritual People Network at gmail.com. Today I was meaning we are on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Or you could email me or message me directly on all my platforms. Lord Jalen Willard, Viva La J Will, accounted by JW. One of those ones will work, even if you search it up. So, I think I've gotten most of the standard protocol of the way. So, in today's discussion, I would like to talk about having an abundance mindset and how certain people raise in certain environments, how having uh, not abundance, but the opposite, having a very suppressed, I, I, I can't remember the word, uh, a mindset of a great deficit it's it was really on my tongue uh the fetus mindset oh and i remember having a scarcity mindset thing that's the word i'm looking for but why i have realized and thought about this particular conversation for months and i like to start off where like I started learning this lesson. So a few months ago, when it was the NBA Finals, where I worked, uh, I got an opportunity to travel to Boston, Massachusetts for game four of the NBA Finals last summer um, for work because they needed um, this couple. I won a free trip to the NBA Finals and I went to you know get footage and cover their time there. So, uh, obviously, I'm a huge Celtic fan. So I'm like, yeah, but yeah, I, I, I get to go. I never, you know, I haven't traveled since the pandemic happened. So this was like the first time I was out the country in 2022, in two years since 2019 October. That was the, the first time I was outside the country. Um, yeah. So you know, going in, I was sort of overwhelmed a little bit because i didn't have a lot of resources and there would be a lot of things i would need to figure out along the way and it was in everything was in plan so this that was i would say that was that whole experience was the hardest thing i ever had to do um because a lot of things i never did before i never been to the place before but you know i'm in this period of my life where i'm trying to just not let let fear conquer me and not let fear put a chokehold on me and embrace everything because I have to trust that I've gone through so many wars before that there isn't nothing I can't conquer. There's nothing too hard once I trust and believe in the process, trust and believe in myself, trust and believe in God that everything gonna work out. So I was like, okay, 
you know, and some proving myself because I think I was still on probation at work too. So I'm like, I can't fail. And I got, you know, I said this um, couple episodes ago where you have to take failure out your mind. But during this trip, I recognized some things. So I, you know, to what I had to do, head down on the swivel, just concentrate on the work, making sure I get everything. So we board the plane. And this is the first time I actually got to sit in first class. Initially, I didn't think nothing too much of it. Like, you know, I just sat in my seat. I was at the front of the plane. Like right where the entrance is with uh with the stewardess and the captain be like right in the front. And like I had the aisle seat too. So I'm just sitting down. You know, I'm not thinking of nothing, nothing but I see people side eyeing me like, who is this person? How are you in the front of here? But I think because they see because I I I because you know I didn't know what to expect on a trip. I always had my camera, which was uh Canon Mark IV. A Mark no Canon. I think it's a Canon Mark IV. I forget what is it the 7D Mark IV? I think it's the 5D Mark IV. Yeah, I think it was the 5D Mark IV. High L series lens. Basically, camera cost almost like three grand or so. So, you know, even if you didn't know the cost, you see this big camera was on my hand, you're like, all right, well, you know, if he can afford that and he's sitting in first class, he must be somebody. Lo and behold, they didn't even know. And I didn't even realize that I was being sized up at this moment. I was sitting next to a lady who, you know, she came to Bahamas as a travel, as for a conference. She was from New York. or No, she was from the Boston area. So, you know, initially I tried to, since we was, this was a fight to get into Boston, you know, I... Me learning my networking skills over the years, I just started to have conversation with her, you know, just to figure out what she was and what she did. And, you know, she was pleasant. And, you know, I find that when you take interest in people and what they're doing and not truly try to have small talk, people are more willing to give you and offer up information. So, you know, she was like, she was telling me she was from the Boston area and you know, I was asking her, like, you know, it's my first time I, I'm going to the game to shoot, to do some stuff for work. So she was like, oh, okay, this, that, and that. Like, you know, in a moment, I didn't realize, you know, I thought nothing of it. But as I reflect, it was like another thing was this lady travels around the world for a living. I forget what she was, but, you know, she basically says she'd be on flights and she has two suitcases. Pie. I say, mom, you need to have three suitcases. Pie. So, like, you know, now you put one suitcase, two more ready to go. But she was, she says she, from Boston, coming back from the bottom, going to Boston, she had to go to New York in two days for another business meeting. So she was telling me the ins and outs and she was saying, you know, she actually gave me some good advice about not renting a car for Boston if I just going to be there for like 36 hours or so. So, you know, we had chat and had a nice conversation and things like that. So it wasn't until I think I had my bike under my seat. And the stewardess said, Justin, this is your bike. You mind putting it up? I was stunned because it was never. This was the first time. So first of all, I was like, how you know my name? And this was the first time like I was tripping. I was like. But then I was like, I am in first class. So I guess they would know everybody's name in first class. And I was like, yo, I used to this. I used to be on the plane. You know, I sit in the economy. I, you know, I like 
a lot of people who like to fake it until make it. I, I just be like, let me get on a plane, get where I need to go to do what I need to do. I ain't trying to fake like first class and things like that. I ain't living within my means. But that stumped me. Because I was like, I wasn't, you know, used to that. And then it was, you know, the perks of first class. I was like, wow. And as I, you know, we had to make a stop in Charlotte and get back on the plane. And over time, you know, I encountered the next after I parted ways with the the other lady. Um, the other person I sat with, he was a little bit racist. Cause he was looking at me like, you know, hottest black dude with the Celtics hat sitting in first class next to me. He had headphones on. I was literally, literally living that J. Cole line where he was like, you know, pull up in first class headphone, black pants, sagging headphones, blasted. I wasn't sagging though, but I had the headphones blasting because he was like, every time I listening, he'd be like, hey, hey, hey. I'm like, bro, you don't got to shout to me. Just tap me. Like, I am my soul. You got to, you know, but getting funny looks like what this guy doing in first class. And it, and it was like, you know, I did again, I just soak it in the moment. I didn't really think nothing of it, but you, you really, um, get to sit back and think about how some things people take for granted or what is other people's norm is something could be special to you because even you know got off the plane you know i got to go to the finals these tickets cost the tickets i was i was sitting in those please the tickets for when i was sitting was like 750 dollars and i just was marveling at these tickets this price and this stadium full But I can get back to the game later. So I'm marveling. I'm just like, this is, this is, this is, this is the, an experience I really needed. Like, you know, to teach, show me like, you know, I don't even know if I could go fly a plane the regular way after that experience. Because once you get introduced to a certain kind of lifestyle and luxury, it's like, okay, I didn't know what I was missing before, but there's another side to this. But, you know, one day. But I started thinking about these lessons and how when you born in an environment where everything is scarce, you sort of have a very narrow view of the world and you even have a narrow view of yourself. When you born in abundance to where you can do anything, the world is your oyster. There's no limits, you know, subconscious limits and barriers that you put in your mind. They don't exist in your mind. It's just, you just like, I want to do this. I get make a plan and do it. Not, oh, I don't know. And self-doubt and, you know, sometimes self-sabotage. That doesn't really happen when you have an abundance mindset. Only when you have a scarce one. Because you always think the worst person in how it could be better later. And that's why a lot of people, especially from, I'll say, the black community and some other minority communities, have a hard time building generational wealth and achieving goals because even if you have this abundance mindset, your environment, because they've been in this state of scrapping and, you know, penny pinching and, you know, all like, you know, all these different evils of the mind and this mindset that I got to struggle to get somewhere and wear rags to get somewhere and, oh, I have to suffer first to get somewhere like, no. 
that you be disciplined and you have intense focus and yeah you do sacrifice but sacrificing is different from suffering you don't have to suffer to live life you could just make ordinary concessions for the right now to how for the long term but that's not suffering that's just being prepared you know so another example why i was in boston they are the finals you know um uh, the couple i went with i wasn't trying to bother them too much uh you know they come there they they from another island they come all the way to boston be having a camera in their face and things like that so what i had to do to get enough footage to go to uh you know, just to cover my all my bases was I started exploring the downtown area of Boston. And along the way I stumbled across this fresh market. And I go and I say, let me check it out. I looking around, looking around, looking around, and they had a carton of strawberries. And I was like, how much is for it? And he's like, you know, it's one dollar. Take whatever you want. I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I was another moment I was in disbelief. You telling me a carton of strawberries is one dollar? And I how he said it just stuck in my mind. Cause he's like, one dollar, take whatever you want. Again. Cause I'm stumped with the dollar for strawberries, cause in the Bahamas right now, you can't get a carton of strawberries for less than ten dollars. You can't get a carton of strawberries for less than ten dollars. No way in the Bahamas, and they just have cartons, one cartons, and cartons of the same brand strawberries that we sell here for fifteen, ten to fifteen dollars. Where you can get it there for one. Now, back to scarcity versus abundance mindset. Somebody. Not necessarily behaving, but somebody from an area where they selling strawberry for almost fifteen dollars, where they selling one would say, "Bro, I gotta go to that place because they live in the life." Let me cut my phone off. Yeah, I gotta go to that place because they live in the life. Everything cheap, everything this, everything that, and I was like, "Hold on." Mm-mm. But you know, in me and my evolved mindset, me and my evolved mindset, I was like, they only probably could sell it for that cheap because they have a direct connection to the farmer. And that's what something that most people don't uh, take into consideration. And I bought the strawberries. I think I probably ate them when I went back to my hotel room later, like a couple of hours later. But I, I ventured around the whole fresh market and I didn't see one black face selling anything so that told me a lot and I saw you know it was a lot of Italians Irishmen and um, you know you had some Spaniards Spaniards and there are Asians but I was like there's black people consuming but they ain't profiting they're not providing a product and these people have a whole street across from t City Hall that they're able to sell their goods on that told me all I needed to know. That told me the vendors there have all the connections to, you know, get this space in the middle of downtown or near City Hall. I don't know. I'm not sure if that was downtown per se. 
but near City Hall to where they can sell their goods for $1 for strawberries. A carton of strawberries. I, I was like, you can't, in my mind, I was like, you can't be fooled. It's, the, it's, it's go back to abundance thinking. If I know my cousins or whatever, whatever, could sell strawberries and they probably charging me a carton of strawberries, probably fifth. Let's say they selling me wholesale a carton of strawberries, 50 cents or so. And I'm selling it for a dollar. I don't make that money back and I make a hand over fist because, you know, over time and I got multiple buyers, we making buku money. But. If I have to buy that carton of strawberries for 50 cents, I ship it from all the way to Northeast America, all the way down south to the Bahamas. That's the exchange so, hard, so many hands and so many people have to make money for it from $1 to $15. And I just showed me, I was like, yo, we need to grow our own food. Because the reason why they could sell this for this low price is because they're like, you know, basically, they, they there's no middleman or maybe one middleman between them and the farmer. Now, people may say, oh, that's that's a pipe dream. But all they go to do that because they live where they is and what ethnicity they are and blah, 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 blah. But it's like, again, you can't have a scarce mentality. When you have that abundance mentality, you can put together a plan. Now, you may not even sell strawberries, but you can sell something else. You would think wider, you know. You could think, you know, use certain skills. Like I demonstrated with the lady who was here um, hosting a retreat for our company. Network would be with you, find out information, and you make relationships, and then you start cutting deals. But if you have a scarce mindset, you won't be able to do anything. You'll be the consumer talking about, oh, I need to move to Boston because I could get, if I move there, strawberries only for a dollar, understanding the economic maneuvering behind why you could buy those strawberries for a dollar. First, it start with a mindset and then it ends with education. Well, it don't ends with education. It goes from having a abundance mindset, then Seeking the information, the education, and then implementing the action. So later that night, um, I go to the NBA Finals game. This was the night Steph Curry dropped forty-one in the Garden, and unfortunately, you know, first time I watching my team and they getting. Try like you know, Seth Curry has this historic night, and you know it was still a good experience. But I was like, you know, after coming back, I'm like, I never experienced nothing like that. Maybe I will experience that again. But you know, I you know, oftentimes we complain about our lives. I complain about mine. But I was like, bro, you know, much people can't say that they ever watched a live NBA Finals game in the Boston, but in TD Garden in Boston, watching a historic performance. There's only a handful of people. Maybe I I can't remember what's the scene capacity of the TD Garden. But whatever it is, I was one of those people in the building having a good time, high-fiving the fans and shouting and hugging. And, you know, I, I, I enjoyed that experience. 
but you may ask how a young lad who hasn't who's been striving was able to have this experience and not really even having to pay for it you know me having an abundance mindset and also god don't make mistakes he puts you where, where you need you, but you have to be open and willing to let him. Even to some to a certain degree, you be, be putting God in a box, putting scarcity on God. Oh, he only can do what we specifically ask him to do, and not let alone he created the whole universe and everything that we see. So, if we putting the limits on ourselves, because our society put limits on us, put limits on our belief. But limits on God who we believe in. How we even expect us to how you expect yourself to even move forward? How you expect yourself to achieve anything? My brothers and sisters, as you're listening to this, I applore you today to break free of a scarcity mindset. If you need to move out your if your environment, you need to move. Because it doesn't help you. Having these bright ideas with individuals that don't see your vision or holding on your trajectory. All I can do is bring you down, even if you sort of, sort of separate yourself from this space. They'll always view you as an ivory tower and human beings have this natural propensity to tear down ivory towers. Yeah, people want change, but they want you to put them on. They don't want to put in the work. So you got to get around people who want to put in the work. But first, the change starts with you. You setting a precedence and an example of what it means to think abundantly, live abundantly, do abundantly. And not have an meager attitude to things. Because this life, life is short. All we got is, we ain't even sure we have 24. So we have to go this day by day through faith. And we can't have it thinking too small. We got to think big. See that you say? Yeah, you see. The mother sick. That's all for me for today. I think this is the most coherent conversation I ever had on <laughs> what mother sick. But you know, thank you for listening. Um, this is the niece of Nassau. Anton, Saint Anton Alexander Lord Jalen Willard at your service again if you want to sponsor any of our shows feel free to slide in our DMs Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or email us at the original people network at gmail.com for more you know I'm about to turn it up in 2023 this is my Jordan year and, I, and you know it's another conversation that we'll have at a later date but we're going to have it but thank y'all for listening I'm out.